Welcome to the Epic Speaks Podcast, your home for exploring current events through a biblical lens. I am your host, Michael Abbott Jr. As always, thank you for listening and thank you for making my program a part of your busy day. Today we are going to discuss one of the oldest philosophical questions known to man. The inspiration for today's podcast is brought to you in part by the Emotional Hypothesis, Modern Science's Substitute for Empirical Research, and by Progressivism. Trust us, we're not a religion. I've entitled today's program, Diversity, the Proverbial Falling Tree in the Forest. Your 10-minute road to wisdom begins right now. We've all heard the age-old philosophical question, if a tree falls in the middle of the forest, but no one is around to hear it, does it make a sound? It is so easy to dismiss this question as meaningless, but I'd like you to humor me and participate in this exercise with me. Be honest with yourself. If a tree falls in the middle of the forest, and no one is around to hear it, does it really make a sound? Let's see how your answer compares with mine. If I were to return to Philosophy 101, here's how I would frame my argument. In order to believe that the tree does not make a sound, you would have to first accept the following two contentions. First, you would have to disagree with Newton's third law of physics, which says that for every action, there is an equal and opposite reaction. If the tree indeed did not make a sound, that would mean that the action of the falling tree would be met by no offsetting reaction. This would render Newton's third law, one of the foundations of physical science, null and void. Second, you would have to embrace a purely materialistic worldview. The man who responds that the tree makes no sound is suggesting that nothing exists beyond the capacity of human sensation. This is an unabashedly anthropocentric view of life that affirms that man lies at the absolute center of the universe. Does reality only stem from human sensory contact with matter? Would not the squirrels, the birds, or other animals hear the tree? For these reasons, I contend that it is unequivocally true that the tree does indeed make a sound. The science of physics would confirm that the kinetic energy of the tree's motion would produce a strong reverberation at its point of impact with the ground. Additionally, reason would remind us of the loud bang accompanying the fall of every tree that has ever been observed by a human being. Timber! Boom! Most scientists believe the world is roughly 4.6 billion, with a B, years old, and that man first arrived on the scene less than 2 million years ago. Using such logic, how can we be so sure that the sun rose day after day for all of those years before the dawn of man? It would logically be inconsistent to suggest the tree does not make a sound while simultaneously contending that the sun rose every day for 4.6 billion years. But I digress. The reason I have tackled this subject matter is because there is a supplemental question that I believe can augment the modern student's appreciation of philosophy. The question of the falling tree is purely theoretical but I have found a contemporary matter that can actually bring some application to a purely academic inquiry. I'd like to present you with a handful of statistics. 
since I always like to promote the play-at-home version of our podcast, see if you can find a common denominator in these figures. Number one, Google controls 77% of internet searches. Number two, nearly half of the total assets in this country are owned by only five financial institutions. Number three, in 2016, 43% of all online retail sales went to one company, Amazon. Number four, Apple captured 90% of all profits in the smartphone market in 2015. Number five, in 2016, 77% of all automobile sales went to only six car manufacturers. And number six, one out of every five page views occurs on Facebook. There are over 325 million people living in the United States and over 7.5 billion people living on planet Earth. Isn't it nice to know that the majority of these individuals' needs can be met through one internet site, one technology company, one online commerce site, five financial institutions, six car manufacturers, and one social media platform? Time and again, everyone who holds a platform on national media, everyone who is a university professor, every governmental bureaucrat, every Hollywood starlet, and every corporate HR professional screams that diversity is the most important virtue and value in modern American culture. I don't know about you guys, but I sure have a hard time seeing it. In fact, I don't even think it exists anywhere in our culture. Have you ever asked yourself why? Might it be because the scope of diversity is so embarrassingly narrow that it only entails the color of one's skin? This is the essence of materialism, this idea that nothing exists outside the realm of my senses. If a tree falls outside of the range of the human ear, it must not make a sound. This is the same logic that subsequently concludes that if I see a room composed of only white people, diversity must not exist. As Thomas Sowell, one of the most influential black thinkers in the last 50 years, explains, diversity consists of nothing but unsupported assertions, repeated endlessly, piously, and loudly. Today, as in the past, diversity is essentially a fancy word for group quotas, It is one of a number of wholly subjective criteria used to admit students to colleges and universities according to their group membership, rather than according to their individual qualifications. Skin color has absolutely nothing to do with diversity. But since skin color is the barometer our culture uses to measure diversity, America thus has almost no elements of diversity whatsoever. It's akin to measuring the weather using a tire pressure gauge. But just how strong is our commitment to diversity? Well, we are now seeking to migrate toward a single-payer healthcare system. Why would our citizens need multiple options? Just how strong is our commitment to diversity? Well, we're now seeking to nationalize academic standards in every American classroom, from public to private and even to charter schools. One size fits all. What's the value in teachers instructing different methods? We don't need any upstart educators deviating from the only method that can possibly enlighten our children. That's the Common Core State Standards Initiative. Now, is it any wonder 
that a country whose true appreciation for diversity is artificial and hollow produces a complete absence of economic diversity as well? A recent Fed survey found that the top 1% of families captured nearly 24% of total income in 2016, as opposed to slightly over 20% of total income just three years ago in 2013. The top quarter of total income goes to 1% of families. Yeah, that's pretty diverse too. We have no economic diversity. We have no intellectual diversity. We have little technological diversity, and we have little industrial diversity too. For these reasons, I have no choice but to pose the following question to you, somewhat of a modernized philosophical inquiry. If a university professor shouts diversity in the middle of the lecture hall, but no one is there to see it, does it really still exist? If a corporate HR manager shouts diversity in the middle of a staff meeting, but no one is there to see it, does it really exist? And if a bureaucrat shouts diversity during the middle of an agency re-education effort, does it really exist? Something tells me that you already know the answer to these questions. The next time you're subjected to one of our culture's many services at the National Church of Diversity, why don't you bring up the proverbial falling tree in the middle of the forest? You know as well as I do that we live in a culture of conformity. You can't step outside lines. You can't suggest new ideas. Everything has to be the same because there's only one way that things ever work. Do you remember the book 1984 by George Orwell? If you haven't read it, or if you haven't read a good book in a while, please read it. This book is sensational. In the book, he explains the groupthink that has ultimately come to pass. In the dystopian society that he submits, there is one cultural maxim. War is peace. Freedom is slavery. Ignorance is strength. Well, allow me to make one addition to this classic if I may be so bold. War is peace. Freedom is slavery. Ignorance is strength. Diversity is conformity. Our culture is going right off the cliff. You know why? It's because everyone's told to go in the exact same direction. This is the first podcast in several weeks that I actually have a little bit of time to talk to you. So I wanted to ask, have you noticed a change in the Abbott Speaks delivery of the average podcast? Do you listen to the whole podcast or do you cut off the program once the song begins to conclude the episode? I'd encourage you to listen the whole way through because I've started to recap just the one most pertinent quote over the course of the podcast that I really want to drive home. And I want to encourage you, next time you listen to one of the Abbott Speaks podcasts, try and predict what that quote is going to be. Give yourself something to play. You know that I like games. I always try and encourage you to think. I try to lay things out before I exactly tell you where I'm going. And, and I really like this idea where I can just give you a chance to pick out what you think the primary point that I'm driving home happens to be and see if you're right. Uh, and I'm going to do it at the end of this program as well. So if you want, go back and have a second listen through any of the most recent podcasts. I just started doing this probably maybe episode number 20, so just about three or four weeks ago, beginning of October. And I really think it's uh, something unique, something other people don't do, and something that just makes the program fun. So give the program a second listen and see if you can't pick out what the most pertinent line is 
as selected by your host, Michael Abbott Jr. I haven't had a chance to plug the book in a little while. I do want to remind you that the Abbott Speak store remains open 24-7. Come on and uh, get the book at the lowest possible price, lower than Amazon, lower than Barnes & Noble. And it certainly helps me and it really encourages me to see that people are picking up that book and making the purchase. Uh, engage with me on Facebook at Abbott Speak. Send me an email. I'd love to connect with you. I've already connected with a number of you. And I've even received recommendations for content that you'd like me to bring to the air. So let's continue the engagement. And as always, be bold with your faith, strong in your convictions, and courageous in the workplace. peace. Freedom is slavery. Ignorance is strength. Diversity is conformity.